This message is brought to you by danmullerarchive.com, the number one place to search over 2,500 Dan Muller messages and growing. Now, please enjoy this message. Ooh, I feel like I'm way up here. I appreciated your heart and worship. Yeah, you were singing with all your heart. I like that. I, I noticed that. I just wanted to bless that. There you are right up front. I thought I'd just say something. I appreciate that. Everybody doing good? Woo! Hi, Jack. Man, it's like a family reunion. It's just good to see a lot of folks. Yay, Christmas, hi. So I can't go, ah, oh, just hi. <laughs> the more I look, I see people I haven't seen for a long time. So it's just good to be home. I consider this home, family. I'm on the road every weekend, so it's rare I'm actually in this position where I get to share and pour out my heart so close to home anymore. And uh, it's kind of it's hard in some ways because I love folks, and, and I've gotten to, there's, there's people here I've rubbed elbows with for years. So good to see you all. Amen. It's just sometimes things change and graces change and seasons change in your life. So uh, thanks for letting me come, Pastor Adam and Brian and you guys. I love you guys and respect you guys greatly, greatly. So uh, good. You all ready? I'm going to preach the gospel, okay? And uh, we'll have a good time today. So I just I want you encouraged. The gospel's encouraging. If you understand the truth, it's encouraging. If you just get into Bible debate or religion or doctrine, you're probably going to have a hard heart and life's going to be a little stale. And you're just going to be right and people will be wrong. And You see, if, if the gospel, if your understanding of the gospel doesn't produce something good in your heart that's outflowing and that's giving and loving and serving, you know, blessed are the peacemakers, not the ones that cause trouble. Not the ones that have issues and their arms are crossed and their brows are raised. Now, it's not really their fault we became that way because life touched us a certain way and we responded a certain way. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning, and that's what's on my heart. See, I don't think we've understood maybe that we've been taught by a lie from the time we were born. We've been taught by a mentality and an attitude and an emotional makeup that wasn't ours from the beginning. And a lot of people don't think about that. We just relate to what we're used to. Proverbs calls it the way that seems right to a man. Well, it sure seems right. It's been that way my whole life. Come on. Nobody had to, had to, had to uh, teach you, teach you how to fear, teach you how to hurt when somebody did you wrong. It was that way from the time you can remember. When somebody did you wrong, you were just reacted a certain way. From the time you were in grade school and they laughed in the lunchroom. And you felt that weird, self-conscious feeling. And then two other kids joined in and laughed. And you either became hurt and introverted or a fighter. You began, began, began to get molded by that experience in some way. And this stuff we don't understand. And then all of a sudden we, we try to get a hold of God or we bring God into our life in hopes of a better one or we're hoping for a break or survival or, man, maybe I better get to church. Why? Because everything seems like it's in shambles and somehow we've created the idea that God's just going to make it all better. No, God wants to change us through and through. He wants to take away the old and bring in the new. He wants to absolutely exit... He wants to kill what was. That's what that is right there. That's a place where people die if you didn't know that or not. That's a baptismal. It's symbolic of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not a church ordinance. It's, it's, it's a place where you release faith saying, Hey, 
Man, I've been driving the car and I've been called to house the one that drives the car. I've been in control and He's really the Lord and I want to yield myself to Him. I want His ways to truly become my ways. I'm not incorporating Him into my life. I want Him to become my life. And I'm going to die to everything that ever was. Who did, who didn't. Who said, who didn't say. All that stuff that we've allowed. People, you're preaching and people say, well, you don't know what it was like when I was growing up. You're not growing up anymore. You're 35. But see, what I'm, I'm not being insensitive. We have some tough stories, but what about his story? When does he make the difference? When do we not just incorporate him in in hopes of a better life? Why don't we let him teach us what a new life really is? Are you following me? Or we're just products of happenstance and stuff, and all of a sudden everybody has a story. And I'm not being mean. We all do. I do. You do. But when it becomes about that, we reduce ourselves to something. It's called sympathy for one another and who's been through the most hell. And yet we sing it's all about heaven. And we make it all about what we've been through instead of all about what he's been through. Because what he's been through makes the difference in me. When I really understand. Hey guys, family reunion. Sorry. I just see people everywhere. In the room. I'm sorry. I want to talk about the gospel just a little bit. I have a little bit of time. You guys are gracious. This baptismal thing is so much more than ordinance. Grace comes. Grace changes your life. Grace is the transforming power of God. You're saved by grace through faith. Grace isn't a permission slip to mess up. Grace is the power of God to change. You don't say, boy, I blew up on my spouse yesterday. Thank God for His grace. No, His grace keeps you from blowing up. But here's the problem. We think blowing up is normal. Good people that see their need for a Savior, that believe Jesus is Lord and truly love Him the best they understand Him, can still believe that the way we were is the way it is. There's a way that seems right. We're used to conversations like, they did what to you? I can't believe, oh honey, you must be so hurt. Yeah, oh and all you can do is relate to their pain. So when you pray, you're actually substantiating their position, giving them permission to remain the same, and at best, showing sympathy. Instead of teaching them His way. There's a way that seems right to man, and He's called the way. I want that way. <laughs> the way. He was light. He still is. But when He came into the earth... He's called the light of the world. Why? Because the world was in darkness. We think sometimes that's just considering the act of sin. No, it's the mentality of man. It's the mindset of man. It's the thing that's making you tick. Your motive, your reason for being, why you woke up today, determines your life. If God can change the why behind your life, He can change everything. So that's what I want to talk about. You say, well, get to it. I figure if I preach it all out first, when I get to it, you already get it, and we'll go home. 
No, he's the light of the world. Look at this. Look real quick with me in Psalms. I think we can find this. It's in here. Hey, by the way, while you're looking for Psalms 36, go to Psalms 36. This question and answer thing tonight, it's not a Bible trivia time. <laughs> you're not trying to stump me with your questions. Not, not, not because he said about being stumped. No, that had nothing to do with it. I just, it's not a Bible trivia. It's not asking. What's, it's, it's things that you feel stumbled on, things that you feel like you haven't understood or you've heard three different things preached. And you just have questions uh, concerning healing, concerning salvation, concerning love, concerning anything I preach today. Something that you feel like is a question that's impeding you or hindering you from growing, where your heart's desiring, or something you just can't find a settled place in your heart on. Let's bring those questions tonight. Please, when you ask questions, always ask. I'm not saying this for my sake. I, I actually love questions. I'm not intimidated by questions. If I can't answer, I'll just tell you I'm not sure. But I love questions. And here's what I'm encouraging you as an individual. When you ask a question, ask a question for understanding. Don't ask it because you're mad. Don't ask it in a challenge. Look, one of the worst things for all of us individually to keep us from growing and understanding is not being teachable and humble. When you think you already have the answer in your question, you're probably not going to get the answer. If you have a loved one that passed and you prayed and prayed and now you have that pain still in your heart and that grudge, there's a little something on your shoulder that feels like it's been knocked off and it's even maybe directed a little towards God, your question can keep you from really hearing clear because of where it's coming from. Now, I'm not intimidated or threatened by that. God loves you and he's not either, but it could be holding you back from a clear hearing ear. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Have you ever noticed that in your life where somebody will say something and ten people in the room heard three different things? It's not because the guy said or the lady said three different things. It's because of how we hear. We have screens in our life sometimes. This is why this gospel is so refreshing. If you have a clear why in your life, the screen gets so removed. If you're not waking up, to be loved by people, but you're waking up to make Him known through your life. If, if you don't have need of people, but you have need of Him so that you see people clearly, that screen disappears. And all of a sudden, you're not touchy anymore. And all of a sudden, you're encouraged, and people can't take that away because it didn't come from folks. It came from true destiny. It came from right being with God. So we have to understand that God sent His Son, people. That's not an Easter story. It's an amazing reality that God put on flesh and died on a cross to pay the price for what flesh failed. He must think a lot of you and me. This thing is the greatest love story and relationship. It's ridiculous when you understand the gospel. If it's just a religious doctrine, it's not going to change your life. And if you're a Christian for your sake, you're going to get confused. You're a Christian for His sake, for, for His image, for the reason He made man in the first place. The reason we're alive comes from God. If we come in touch with that and yield to that, life gets better and better and better. The reason people aren't excited about their life, they're still trying to make their life happen instead of see who they really are through Him. You follow me? Did I turn you to Psalms 36? Verse 9, I'm getting there quick. This is quick for me. 
For with you is the fountain of life. For with you, capital Y, he's talking about the Lord. For with you is the fountain of life. That's better than the fountain of youth. So many twists on the earth. Listen, this book is so full of amazing stuff. Like, this book says the opposite of what you grew up with. you got to catch this stuff, or you'll just keep thinking like you always thought, and you'll think it's normal. I hear the church folks say this a lot in their emotional state. Well, God gave us our emotions not the way you know them. The way you know them is the way they became when they got manipulated through the fall and through sin. You must be born again. Old things are removed. Behold, all things become new. Why do we leave out the emotional makeup? If old things are passed away and all things are new, that's all things. I'm not the same anymore because I think different and see different. And my eye is the lamp of the body. Matthew 6.22, Luke 11.34. The eye is the lamp of the body. And if the eye is single... That's that's fine-tuned one way. That's not wide view, multiple choice. If the eye is single, the whole body's flooded with light. doesn't say unless, of course, you're faced with many challenges and issues. It says if I see clear, I am clear. So if God can change the way I see, He can change the way I be. You following? Come on, this is important. Man, this book changed my life. I was 33 years old, living like anybody else, and maybe worse, frustrated inside, trying to fulfill myself in many other little ways. I had a lot of pride in my heart. I used to judge people in my heart all the time and didn't even like who I was. Well, that's what you do, because you're trying to take off that reality. You're trying not to look at that, so you just look at everybody else. So if you can find out what's wrong with everybody else, then it takes the pressure off of you, and you realize you're not the only egg in the basket. Come on, we do this stuff. Man, for with you is the fountain of life. Now watch, in your light, we see light. He is the light of the world. He is the light. Look at John chapter 1, that would be a good place to go from here. The gospel excites me. Changed my life. I was 33. It was 1995, June 9th. Around 7.30 at night, my whole life changed in a moment. And I surrendered to this truth that I'm crying out all over the place. And he changed me. See, I live with me. I know me. I know me on the inside. You know you. You're the steward of your own heart. You know you. And I know me. And I like me now. And that's not vanity. I actually like hanging out with me. (laughs) I look in the mirror and every time it's me. Some people don't look in the mirror because they don't see the truth. They see the way it's been. They see what they've done. They see what's been done to them instead of what he's accomplished through his life for us. The eye is the lamp of the body. I still see people, countless people in my life, and I don't judge them anymore. There's a whole different feeling about it. They're just hurt. They're frustrated. They're angry. And they're so frustrated that they won't humble themselves long enough to hear truth to get free. They just believe frustration's normal. Having an attitude is normal. God did not create you to have an attitude. He created you for His image. Read the Bible. Let us make man in our image. 
And in the likeness of God, he made man. So man's created value goes back to the beginning. We made man for our image. When that image was lost through sin and disobedience, God said, hey, I ain't changing their created value because love never fails. I know who them folks are. And I'm going to come and send Jesus to make right what's been made wrong to get the truth back inside of them so nothing is lost. He is going to conquer sin and I'm going to raise them up so they can live by the Spirit. Come on, that's a simple, amazing gospel. But until that day, you're living by the flesh in the way that seems right to man. Come on, you heard these phrases, don't get your hopes up. Making it all about you, trying to defend your emotions and feelings. Don't want you to get stirred up and believe for something because they're getting crushed. Making it all about us, all about us, right? Who's ever heard that phrase, don't get your... Boy, it'd be great if that would happen. You know, that'd be awesome if that would change. But I wouldn't get my... You read this book, it tells you to get your hope sky high. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It says in Hebrews 6 that hope is the anchor of your soul and it passes through the veil into His presence. Hope. And the world says, don't get your hope up, Brian. Well, what you don't know won't. You all heard that too, didn't you? It's a language I've, I've heard. Every, every, every state you go to and you quote that, everybody can finish it. Why? It's a universal language. Well, what you don't know won't. We've all heard it our whole lives. The Bible says what you don't know is destroying you. It says men are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Proverbs 4 says in all you're getting, not some getting, in all you're getting, get understanding. And yet we grew up hearing what you don't know won't hurt you. He's the light of the world, and that lie is trying to keep us in the dark. I'm telling you, it's more subtle than you realize. Well, what you see is... Who's ever heard that one? The Bible says don't ever live by what you see. It's subject to change. Live by the things unseen, they're eternal. And your whole life you heard what you see is what you get. That is not an accident. That you grew up in a language that is totally 180 degrees different than this book. Well, you made your bed. You're going to have to... Probably ought to read this book. <laughs> Repent and get in the clean sheets. <laughs> yeah? Probably ought to read this book. Now, I understand in the natural there's maybe if you break a law, you have to pay some restitution or do a little time for something. But before God, you can stand king. They're comfortable. And even God will turn to heart. Pretty good. From the highest throne to the earth below, you lay down your life for the likes of us. We all grew up with that in this room. And the gospel says, 
this is what I've done, and this is who you are. <laughs> and that is designed not to give you a permission slip to say the same, but that is designed to, so that you so see the grace and mercy of God and the love of God that all the while, while you didn't know who you were living your life a certain way, He knew who you were in Him and He knew what He created you to be and He kept destiny and He kept future and He kept legacy intact, sent His Son, paid the price to get all that lie off of us to get the truth inside of us. And you know what we've done in a big way? We've made that good news a passport to heaven or my name in a book for when I die, at least I know I'm in. The gospel has very little to do with you praying a prayer to go to heaven. The gospel has to do with heaven coming back inside of you. Old passing away, new coming. I'm going back here to this little pool of death so life can come. Because in the gospel, you can't live until you die. Come on, let us make man in our image. Jesus comes in our image, in the likeness of sinful flesh. The Bible says Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh. So He made us in His image, and we fell from that image through sin. So God sends His Son in our image. Pay the price on the cross, curse sin on the cross, curse sin in the flesh. Sin has no dominion over us. The law of the spirit of life through Christ has made us free from the law of sin and death to raise me out of darkness back into the light. And it's imperative that we... Oh, I squealed, didn't I? It's imperative... That watch, that we get understanding, that we get realigned and renewed according to truth. Or we're just going to turn this into God taking care of me, surviving, making it till the end, while that song touches my heart. No, this message changes my life. Come on. I've watched countless people make a, a, a push towards God without allowing Him through truth to change the way they think so they just grab the sentiment of the moment. They're just trying to play the song where they had a touch once instead of getting a brand new eye. Come on, I'm just talking straight. Is it all right if we talk this plain? Why would we hang there if that way isn't really helping anything? I want to know Him. I don't know about you. But if he can be known, why wouldn't we want to know him? We just sang he's wonderful. We just sang he's amazing. Be real with me. Nobody loved us like God has. Come on, we've all made our share of mistakes. We've all mishandled one another. We've lived at each other's expense at times. Guess what love does? Lays down its life. Guess what we've done? Live at each other's expense. When you just gossip, when you just... Identify somebody through their actions and just pass it on to three people. That's living at someone's expense. You're, you're actually painting the picture of who they are when who they are is really created through Christ and there can be change. Are you following? If God made us in His image and God's image is love, we were all born into the flesh, and every one of us was self-seeking. Some more extreme than others, some more subtle than others. But when you're just hurt, when you're just let down, when you're just angry, when you're just frustrated. And I used to think if God, I, I remember saying when I was young, God, if you would just change people, the world would be a better place. I remember saying that. <laughs> he was uh, waiting to change me. <laughs> 
I'm thinking if he'd just tweak you guys a little, life would be better. Like, people are just jerks. You know, people. Come on. Do you know how much that attitude's out there? And it's in the house of God. Meaning the family of God, if you're not careful. It just, all of a sudden, you just live that way because you've always thought that way. And all of a sudden, Billy at work just rubs you wrong and gets under your skin. The whole point is get new skin. It's not even about Billy. It's about you becoming like him. Because when you were in the place that Billy, you say, I was never in the place Billy was. See, that's the problem. That's self-righteous. You've made him a low place and you've made you a high place. And every mountain's down and every valley's up. We're on the same playing field. We all need the blood. We've all made mistakes. There's no hot shot in low life. There's just people made in God's image who don't know it. Come on, stuff makes me want to cry. Because we have so bitten the bait of this other stuff, tit-for-tat stuff. And all of a sudden, we think it's about Billy changing. It's about you becoming love and seeing Billy through God's eyes. Because God saw you through his eyes. He wants his eyes to become your eyes. So that you can see Billy like he does so that you can be the true expression of the embodiment of Christ and not just go to church, but be the church. Come on. I feel how serious it is right now. I'm not spanking anybody. I'm saying this with a smile. This is good news because it gets it off of you. It gives you the joy of becoming like him. Jesus didn't say, if any man come after me, let him follow a bunch of rules or let him pray a prayer to go to heaven. He said, if any man come after me, let him deny himself. That is not how we've preached the gospel at large. We've preached prosperity, blessings, more money, better job. Hey, come to Jesus. He'll make it better. <laughs> he wants to make it new. <laughs> not the thing, you. He wants you new. Come on, if any man come after me, let him what? Deny himself. Why is that first on the list? Because you were never made for you. You were made for his image. So get this again. I know I'm being redundant. It's on purpose. Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh, became what we were, paid the price on a cross, and died as guilty, though he was innocent, raised from the dead in that innocence, and justified everyone that would humble themselves and put their faith in him. That love is designed to so wreck us to make us lovers of God, not servants of God. You follow me? It's the goodness of God that leads men to change. The word repent means change the way you think. The word repent doesn't mean cry and say you're sorry. People have cried and said they're sorry in our lives many times and just kept doing the same thing they cried for. Repentance doesn't mean cry and say you're sorry. Repentance means change the way you think. You're more than you realize. You have a greater destiny. You have a greater purpose and reason for being. Change the way you think. Repent because the kingdom of God is here, so don't live for any other kingdom. Repent for the kingdom of God is here, so don't live for any other wisdom. Come on. Jesus is really that big of a deal. It's really this intense. He's the light of the world. Did I say to go to John a while ago? It just hit me that I said that. See, I have the Holy Ghost, if you were wondering. He... <laughs> John chapter 1. The Gospel of John. Not the epistles. The Gospel of John. 
Wow. In verse 6, he talks about a man, John the Baptist, who was sent from God, whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the, the light, that all through him might believe. Now, John wasn't that light, but he was sent to bear witness of that light. It's very clear, the Bible's very clear to say that Jesus is the light of the world, that he's the light, right? Now, watch this. That was the true light. It's Jesus. See, if I can't find the language that's in my mouth and the mentality of my mind in Jesus' mouth and His mind, I don't want it. Come on, let me be real graphic with you. Can I be really raw and graphic? Jesus came and only ever did good. Would you agree? Did He love people? Was He mean to people or, or was He loving even in His corrections? Was it for their sake? Did he need to come or did love compel him because love lays down its life? Or did he legally have to come or is it because he's loved that he came? So he wasn't mandated by law. It's the law of love that allowed him to come. He, love never fails, so he's coming to rescue and save people, right? So watch this. Did everyone appreciate him when he came? Did they believe well of him all the way through? In the end, did he get a raw deal? In our eyes, he did, because we understand a raw deal. Now watch. This is what Jesus looks like in our world, and this is what he has the capacity to do. He's beat beyond description. You get that, right? Read your Bible. Marred more than any of the sons of men. Put the worst whooping you've ever put on man. Jesus looked worse. That's what the Bible teaches. That means when they were done beating him, you couldn't tell who he was. Why was that necessary? It's one of the most beautiful aspects of the gospel to my heart personally. Not that I have to make a list, but it's my favorite. When sin got done with man in the garden, he didn't look anything like he was created to be. He fell. And what he was made to be died because God said the day you eat the tree is the day you die. Who he was created to be died right in that moment. He didn't die. What he was made to be died but it didn't die in the heart of God because love never fails. Every man, Romans 5 teaches, since that day was born into that lie. Every man was born into Adam. And you must be born... Oh, this thing's getting clear now. All of a sudden, I'm coming out of me so I can be in him. I'm coming out of the world so I can be in him. I'm coming out of darkness so I can be in the... These scriptures start really making sense now. It's not just live sanctified. Hey, don't do that. Don't touch that. No. Come on. It's I'm changed. I don't see the way I used to see. I don't even think the way I used to think. Why? Because I went in there one day. And I died to everything I ever was. And everything that ever was to me. So that I could come out and live to everything he created me to be. <laughs> I love it. So you die in the likeness of his death. And the death he died, he died to sin once for all. So the life he lives, he lives unto God. And likewise, you reckon yourselves dead indeed to sin. Stop believing we're perpetual failures. Stop believing we're products of yesterday. Stop believing you're only as good as life is going. You're as good as the life inside of you. And all of a sudden you come out of this thing. 
And grace comes on you because of what you believe like a child and begins to fashion you and change you and your days look different than they looked before. You get it? Or you can go to church and sing good songs and feel fuzzy. Or you can go to work and actually be okay. And you can be in the middle of stuff that's not fair and actually know how to respond. See, Jesus was beat beyond description because when sin got done with man, man didn't look anything like he was created to be. Man got so disfigured and marred and mauled by sin that he didn't look anything like his created value. So Jesus came and lost his appearance and got completely disfigured to pay the price for us to get our identity and destiny back. He died so we can live. He was separated from the Father so we could forever be joined. He was beaten so you can live unbeatable. There's so many parallels to the cross. But he was marred more than any of the sons of men and beat beyond recognition so you could get recognized in the Father again and get your identity back in Christ. I don't know about you, but that's good news. When I think of stuff like this, having an attitude is so menial and trivial, it doesn't even have a possibility for me to just go, well, I think. That thing dies with the good news. I don't have to try to change. The good news changes me. But you've got to be willing to die. You've got to come for his name. You've got to be willing to deny yourself and say, wait a minute, this thing isn't about me. Making it about me is what's, what's got all these issues rising up. I want you to see this. He's the true light. He gives light to every man coming into the world. Verse 9. He was in the world. Now watch this. This is intriguing. He was in the world. So Jesus is here. Ta-da! He's in the world and watch. The world did not know him. Why? Because he's light and they're raised in darkness. He's the truth. They've been trained by a lie. They're created by God to live in God and to be one with Him, but the day He ate the tree is the day He surely died, and we all died with that, and we were all homeschooled in the wrong home with the wrong teachers, wrong curriculum, and you must be born again. The Bible says, do not, do not, do not be conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind. Ephesians 4 says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on. The way I was trained is not the truth. I was trained to be hurt. I was trained to be discouraged. I was trained to be mad at you. I was trained eye for eye. If it's eye for eye, we're all blind. I was trained, well, they shouldn't have did that. Well, that makes me mad. Well, how would you feel if they did that to you? Well, I ain't putting it up with it. No, and it's enough's enough. And I... You were trained by that, and it seems right and produces death. There's no life in that realm. The way that seems right to a man always leads to death. But see, you're the steward of your heart. So what you do with what I'm saying is your privilege. But you know you, and you know how well things are going, and you know if your life is exciting, and if your heart's alive when you wake up in the morning. Come on, you know, because you live with you. You can even act like it's alive, but you know if it is. You know, because it's you. Man, he's the light of the world. He came into the world, and the world didn't know him. Interesting. He came to his own. 
He didn't disown us. He never forsook us. He loved us from the beginning. On your darkest day, love is sitting on the throne saying, I know who you are. I know what I created you for. You might not know who you are, but I do in one day. <laughs> You'll see. And love kept drawing and wooing and convicting. <laughs> On your darkest day, he knew who you were. On your most rebellious venture, he said, that's not you. You have greater destiny. He didn't say, I can't believe you're doing that. After all the opportunity I've given you and all the good I've done, and I've laid down my life, and you want to go live like a knucklehead, well, then go be a knucklehead. God didn't do that. You were trained to think that way. You were trained to have that attitude. You were taught by the world to think that's right. Every talk show believes that. That would be Jesus on the cross, beat beyond description. You can't even tell who this man is, people. He's done nothing but good. He has raised the dead. He has broken the bonds and bands of bondage and people cast out devils and healed the sick. He has fed thousands. He has laid down his life as God. He put on flesh. He didn't pop into the wilderness supernaturally at age 30. He came through the womb of a woman like we did. He didn't take a shortcut because he's God. He came like a man. And here's this Jesus who is God, who's become flesh for some reason. Now he's being butchered and beaten and battered, and he's carrying his own death sentence to the hill. He doesn't have the ability to get analytical. He doesn't have the ability to reason like we were trained to reason. He can't keep dwelling on Barabbas, Barabbas. And letting it be the straw that broke the Savior's back. And enough is enough and they've gone too far. And Barabbas, that really grates on me. Come on, that's what we do. And all of a sudden you think all day in rightness. You think all day in reasoning. You call a friend that would feel like you. That's the worst thing you could do. Because then you get accommodated in the lie and find strength in the lie. You surround yourself with other hurting people that have been through the same thing that have never gotten free. You call it a support group and it's absolute deception. You're licking wounds and nobody's healed. I'm not being mean, I'm being real. The last thing Jesus would look for is somebody to come up and say, I can't believe they're doing this to you. Because love doesn't think that way. He knows they're doing it to him. And he knows why, and he knows they're in the darkness, but he knows if he be lifted up, he will draw all men. There's faith in what he's doing. He's the light, and somebody's going to see, bless God. I'm not going to let what people don't see determine what I do see. I'm not going to let men decide who I am. I'm going to let the Father decide that. I'm going to keep my eyes on him. And here's Jesus going to the cross. Doesn't have the ability to drop the cross and say, you know what? I'm not doing this. I'm done, man. Look at me. Look what they've done to me. All I've done is laid down my life. I've done good to everybody, God. What have I failed to do that you've asked me to do? I've done it all. And look how they treated me. Come on, what are we thinking? If they didn't change by now, they're never going to change. What do we even want them for anyway? I am not dying on that cross. Come on. You and I understand that language because we were trained by it. Love doesn't even know what we're thinking. Because love doesn't take into account of a suffered wrong. 
Because love doesn't seek its own. It seeks the highest well-being of another. And love is ready to die so life can come. <laughs> come on, it's the gospel. Makes you want to jump in that water and just get it over with. And if you're a good pastor like me, you hold them down till every bubble stops. And then you wait 40 good seconds after the last. A new life through Jesus Christ. I'm serious. No, I'm not serious. Because we baptized some young man up north, and I was joking like that, but I said it real serious. And we put him under, and it was a hot tub, and we couldn't get his body under, and his shoulder was sticking out. And I thought somebody would see it and go, his shoulder's not clean. So, so, so we had to move him, Brian, to try to get him in. And when we finally got him down, he's fighting to come up. And I'm thinking, what's wrong? What? He thought we were holding him down. And when we brought him up, his eyes were like this. And he went, <gasps> I said, are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. I said, what? I said, oh, my goodness. I said, we couldn't get your shoulder down. We were just trying. Did you think? I thought you were serious. He said, he said, I thought you were serious. And I thought, I'm not ready for this. I don't have faith for this. And he started coming for the surface. But we kept him under. And he thought, oh, my God, he was serious. <laughs> Bless his heart. It felt that way to him. But do you see, it's that fear of death. It's that fear of death thing. There's a fear of death on the earth. People in the church go to church every day and there's fear of death. Some of us just come to God because of death. We're just afraid of death. Jesus is the end of the fear of the bondage of death. The Christian will never die. Let's get over that. Let's get on to that. Let's understand that. You will never die. You've got this little temporal window to write a legacy and leave something in this soil of the earth. Come on, you've got this little privilege called life. Whether you want to get spiritual and call it 100 and plus years or 70, 80, 90, whatever you have faith for. You've got this little window that's here today, going tomorrow. In, in a month from now, I'll be 53. I don't know where that time went. Man. Now, I don't know what 53 means in the kingdom. The world could tell me what 53 means, but I defy that, not in stubbornness. I just don't know what they mean. You get them little things in the mail? I turned 40. Somebody knew. You are now over 40. You opened up that mail. You are now over. Oh, who knows I'm 40? And it said you are more subject to this and this and this and this and this than any time in your life before. And I'm like, Ah! What? See, because that's a language I don't understand. Now, you can buy in if you want, but the Bible says you're not for sale. You're bought with a price. So you can buy into natural knowledge. You can buy into man's experience, and you can listen to me and call me hypo-super-spiritual, but I'm just going to live by the book. So you don't have to agree with me, but just leave me alone. We'll let time tell. You don't have to believe me, but we'll see. You say, you're arrogant. No, you'll see. Because I'm not buying in. Because I'm not for sale. And just because everybody else experienced this, what's life look like in Christ? I'll bet there's no fear in that place. 
But there's true victory in that place, hi, huh, Andrea? Sure. Man, see, I feel that all over me. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's the presence of God. And he likes when I think that way. He made you to subdue, not be subdued. He didn't make you to live looking over your shoulder, worrying what's going to happen next. He made you to live this way and express Him in all things. And even when it isn't going your way, it's still about Him, so let it go His way. And even when you aren't getting the answer to your prayer, prove your humility. Let his nature be known through your life. Or you prove it's all about him answering your prayer and you reduce him to a genie in a bottle, a busboy, or a table waiter. But we say he's our father. I'm going to keep him papa. He doesn't owe me anything. Love gave me it all. Gave me his kingdom. I'm just going to believe it. He came to his own. He came to the world and the world didn't know him. He came to his Who? His own, and his own did not receive him. Do you know why? They didn't understand his language because they were trained in another school. They defended their feelings and their psychology and their rightness in the way that seems right to man. Defended it at the cost of truth. And truth is what makes you free. Do you see the lie? Do you see how deceptive it is? Do you see the strategy of hell itself? To get us from young up and just train us so good that when the gospel comes, you can't hear it because of this, 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 and this. And the whole message is good news. And all it's challenging is you living for you, yourself, and you. <laughs> but if you ever deny yourself and jump in that water, whew, well, I'm itching, ain't I? I'm going to get somebody in there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I've baptized a couple people in my hotel room's uh, bathtub. Met a young man wanted to get saved. I said, I need to get you to water. He said, how? You want to come to my room? I'll put you in the bathtub. I've baptized a lot of people in hotel swimming pools. I've asked the clerk, can I use the pool? I've never been told no. You take them in there and the people in the rooms are swimming. And they're weeping and gospel and they're looking. You just smile and tell them what happened and what they just did. I got a lot of stories I could tell you. <laughs> I was just on a plane beside a man. He's a Middle Eastern man, an Indian-type fellow. He was very polite and very, very nice. And he got talking to me, and he was very social. And just sweet personality, easy to talk to. And he started asking me questions. And I'm good at questions. <laughs> so I gave him answers, Brian. And he looked at me and he said, he had broken English, kind of, he said, I know what you say is true. Because when you speak, I look into your eyes. I feel the power of what you say coming off of you. And I said, yeah, his name is Jesus. And he's a real big deal. And I said, <laughs> God touched his body, a pain that's always there left. And we had a great time and hugged in the airport. He asked how I travel all these places and how I know all these people. And I said, I don't. I said, people just slap me all over the Internet and people call and ask me to come preach. And I say, yeah. <laughs> I don't even have a computer, guys. But they tell me I'm on it. He said, he said I, I can find you on YouTube? I said, you can find me on YouTube. He said, really? 
He said, what, how do I search? I said, just put in Dan, preach, something. It, it'll show up, man. There's so much traffic out there. Some lady was on a plane with me, typed in Pastor Dan who healed. And my face popped right up. Because she sat beside me on the flight and got healed. That's probably the way it ought to go, huh? Watch, rather than, I'm not being mean, rather than me sit there all caught up with travel and delays and my flight going to be on time, I'm going to make my connection, and boy, now i got to go home and deal with this. And i got a lady sitting beside me I don't even recognize because i got 20 things concerning me consuming my mind. No, I like to see that lady. I like to know she's there. <laughs> I just like staying free. It wasn't long ago I gave up my seat for a lady that was crying. I'm not telling you this to boast on me. But guess what the flight attendant said, or the lady at the desk? She said, you're doing what, sir? I said, I need that lady to get home. She's really shook up. She's not handling this well. I hear what she's saying to you, and none of it's your fault. Just give her my seat. I'll get home soon enough. Just get her home. She said, sir, no one gets their seat. I said, I know. That's a problem. <laughs> Christians always praying for the front row parking. Always praying for the green lights. They boast on it. But you don't understand when the, your light's green, someone else's is red. When you're in the front, somebody else is in the back. And you think this is faith and favor and blessings and kisses on the cheek, but then somebody's not getting kissed. And we're making faith something it's not even for. Because if you're pursuing all this favor, then you're pushing somebody out of favor. It's not about that. It's about transformation and change. And when you see it clear, you'll lay down your life for everyone and you'll go last if you have to. And if there's ever a parking lot in heaven, you'll be in the front and some people will be walking for millenniums. Because <laughs> the last are first and the first are last. There will be angels for millenniums just waving flags parking you in the back. And you won't even be able to see the glory of the throne anymore. And you'll be like, oh my goodness, all them front row parkings. <laughs> and when you finally get out of your car, we'll have been there millenniums. And you'll start heading to the throne. <laughs> and I will have a reserve space with my name on at his feet. <laughs> it's just a good idea. I hope he does it just for one day. Because the day is a thousand years and a thousand years a day, so. <laughs> I'm just, are you guys okay? I'm eating all my time. Are you getting something out of this morning? Listen, you're on the earth for his image. Don't forget that. You're not just on the earth for blessings. You're not on the earth just so your IRA works out and your retirement and you catch the new job and a greater income. You're, you're, you're not on the earth for your conveniences and for God to just make a way in your circumstances. He's made a way through his son for you to have all that's necessary to be like him. The goal of Christianity is manifesting Christ. Christianity is not church attendance. Christianity is Christ-likeness. And he is love. Remember that thing on the cross? And I dropped the cross and I said, you know, I ain't doing this and I ain't dying for these if they didn't change by now. Sounds funny and hilarious when you put those words in Jesus' mouth because we know who he is through the word. But it ought to sound just as funny in our mouths because we're made for his image. You following me? Let me finish this and we'll pray and see what, what we're supposed to do. 
These Sunday mornings for me, they're usually a big challenge, my, these one Sunday morning services. I go to churches and do about five. Like I'll get in on a Friday and I just, and I just really feel like I, Sunday mornings are a challenge for me because I feel like my heart's going. And I look at the clock and whoa. <laughs> but honestly, the Bible says the number one reason we're here this morning and not forsaking our gathering is so we can stir one another love and good works, not so we can catch a break, but so we can keep focused on why we're alive. Because I honestly believe that mercy woke us up today to give us one more day to be like him. Doesn't mean you can't go bowling with a friend. It doesn't mean you can't go fishing. Right, Dave? But when you do it, you do it in his image, and you have peace with all men. I told somebody last week, I said, I can't tell you in my life since I've been saved the number of people I've prayed for at a boat ramp along the shore. I remember up at Lake Marlboro going over to the shore because I saw the guy hurting on the bank, bought him bank fish and just pulled the boat in down from him and walked over to pray for him. And it freaked him out. You pulled your boat in here to pray for me? Man, don't think that's radical. That's not radical. I've parked my car along the street to pray for somebody walking down the road hurting. Why? Because I'm not caught up with issues and I don't have self-consciousness. Christ is in me. He's the hope of glory. I remember one of the first ladies I parked for was coming up an alley like this. Just like that. And I pulled in and parked and got out and she's looking and she saw me coming right out. I said, don't be afraid, honey. What's wrong with your feet? It's plantar fasciitis. She said, it's so bad that I can hardly walk anymore in the morning. It's like stepping on glass. I said, oh my goodness, I could tell you were in pain. I had a few minutes. I thought... Maybe, please don't say no. I was just hoping you'd let me pray for you and God would change that. She said, you parked your car to pray for me? And I'm thinking, yes! And this is what came out of my heart. And I've used it again and again since, and it's not rhetorical to me. I said, honey, don't think that's radical, that I parked my car to pray for you. I said, let me tell you, radical. About 2,000 years ago, this man named Jesus was completely innocent was made to be guilty, hung and died when he didn't deserve to so that we could live and live in him. Now that's radical. Parking my car to pray for you is a given. That's radical. And she went, oh. And you should have saw it because when you don't know her and you get down on your knees in an alley where there's cinders, it just, it just does something to people's hearts. Because we don't our whole lives without realizing that we've been trained to push through. We don't go out of our way a lot for each other, and we've been taught by that. So when you get on your knees and you pray for her feet in the alley, she's looking at that, and something amazing is happening inside her heart. And when you ask her to take some steps, and it's like a movie. Like you can't even, this is a movie. She goes, oh, oh. shaking and crying in the alley. And I stood up. I said, that's Jesus, honey. I was crying. She's crying. We're hugging. <laughs> I don't even know her name. And she's going heading to work. And I get in my car and head. I didn't do that for a trophy. I didn't do that. I did that because Jesus loves her. I get to share it to you today just to encourage you in what's possible and how we can think when our eyes are closed. But it sure is possible, isn't it? Just fine.
I've got to be done here in a few minutes. You guys okay? But as many, here's the good news. He came to his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, not born of blood or the will of flesh or the will of man, but of God. Go to 1 Peter 9. No, 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 1 Peter 2, 9. I think it's 2, 9. It's a real popular, it's a refrigerator verse, man. Man, if we're going to put this stuff on the fridge, we probably ought to know what it really means. Watch this. You're a chosen generation. That's not for you to get pious and pompous and in vanity over. It means you're created value. You were created for his image. You're a chosen generation. You were made from the beginning with purpose and intent. You're not happenstance. You're not, I'm going to get a little raw with you. You're not on the earth because a man went into a woman. You're on the earth because he saw your day before it was seen. Life comes from God and there's a time to be born. There was about 500 million sperm cells racing to the egg. And it was you. And you're going to say you're an accident? It was you. You could just swim your way there. All them things, little squigglies racing instinctively for that egg. Come on, you know your science and stuff, right? And health and all that. That, that first one in is in, man, and all the rest go wherever they go. <laughs> millions. I might have it wrong, but it's hundreds of millions of possibilities, and it was you. What more do you need? <laughs> well, my life's just an accident. Stop! You're being so deceived. You aren't one of millions. You were one in millions. You made it in there. You can check. It's on YouTube somewhere. Somebody might know. I shared a whole vision on platform before of a vision I had in my bedroom about the day I was conceived. Probably within a six, four, six-month period of when I got saved, God showed me going into my mother's egg and that it was me foreordained, predestined before the time, before the world. And, he sh- and it was a comical thing. It was funny to me. I had a little vision, and I was on my bed, and I was crying. It was powerful because all them other little squigglies, they couldn't get in the egg. Why? Because it was me. It was for me to get in the egg. Serious. They had little work goggles on in my vision. They had drills. They had saws and jackhammers. That's the three tools they had. And they were all trying to get in this big, it looked like a big white golf ball. And they're all... And I was, I had iced tea, which, and sunglasses, which I don't even wear, and I was in a raft backstroking. And when I got up to the egg, I saw all these little squigglies just split like the Red Sea. And I went right through them, and you know, you know how the squigglies look in a science picture? Like a spring, twing, right in the egg, right out of the raft, And on the inside of the egg, I heard all these murmurings and questions. Question and answer session. Watch all the questions. How couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we get in the egg? How come we couldn't get through the shell? And from inside the egg, I heard a voice yelling loud, which was the little squiggly me. 
Because it was me before the foundation of the world, seen before I was ever seen, known before I was ever known. It was me. And then they all went wherever they go. But it was me. You ought to take that stuff personal. Or his own, he'll come to his own, and his own won't receive him because they're so caught up with life and they're letting life speak louder than truth. And all of a sudden, they're only as strong as the weakness around them instead of the one that's come to live inside of them. And his name is King Jesus. Let me close with this verse, and I'll stay on time and won't blow this thing up too bad. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Come on, this isn't a pompous thing for you to say, I'm royalty in a wrong way. You're a holy nation. What it means is all that God is is desiring to be in you and for you to make him known. Now watch this. His own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the... So he wants you to come out of darkness. Come on, that's mindsets, mentalities, motivations that don't produce life. I'll close with this. If what you're thinking and what you're feeling and what you're musing and meditating on isn't encouraging your heart, it's not from the Lord. So recognize it and push it aside. Listen, everyone in this room and everyone that's ever walked the earth, I believe with all my heart, people could argue till the day we all die, but one day we'll find out what's right. But you give your heart to this with all faith and you'll bump smack into his reality. He wants your relationship, not your service. He wants your life, not your ministry. Everyone in this room has a right to surrender and become what they were created to be. Everyone in this room has been created on purpose by God for his image. And here's what he's saying to every one of us in this room. Whether you're born again or not, whether you surrendered or not, he's saying, don't seek your own. Seek me. Let me renew your mind. And let me manifest who I am through you in everyday situations. That's why you're a Christian. You following? That's how you'll have influence. And that's how you'll have something to give. Listen, I do this. I know this surprises some folks, but I do this about six times in a whole year. But right now, I want to invite you. There's, I'm not, I, we don't have to get in there immediately, but I, I, I'm not going to pull no punches. I want you in that water. If you were never born again and we're coming back tonight, we, you can go get clothes and you don't have to be even inconvenienced. I was here one time and felt the same thing in my heart. And like 17 people got baptized and drove home wet. That, I, I felt like, honestly, I'm not, I'm not beating up Americans, but I felt like that's a move of God in America when people drive home wet. That little bit of inconvenience said a lot to me. You know, but, but I'll get wet. Yeah, but you'll die. Yeah, but I'll get wet, but you'll die. But I'll get wet. Yeah, but you'll die. Okay. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. If you're in this room today, and, I, and you got here by a friend, you were invited, you're somebody's family, neighbor, and you've never understood the gospel the way I've preached it, and you've never truly been born again. I'm not talking about backslid, you've been away from God in your heart. Or you're just saved and you're getting to know him, but now you heard it in a way that maybe you... No, I'm talking about you're sitting here and you know you've never given your life to him because you've tried to live it. See, we think that people are our enemy and the devil's our biggest enemy. Living for yourself is your biggest enemy. Because when you live for yourself, everything looks a certain way. 
When you live for his name, everything changes. Here's what I'm giving you the opportunity of doing. If you've never been born again, you've never said, you know what? I've been living for me. I've been trying to make things happen and make ends meet. I've even been mad at God in the way I've understood God. I, I just want to call it all dead. I want to ask him to come inside of me. I want to be refathered and refashioned by the Lord. What I'm saying is if you've never been born again, don't you be bold. Stand to your feet or come up here. And tonight, if you'll go home and get your stuff and come back, we'll baptize you. Even if we want to come a half hour early or something. But will we, can we baptize them? Yeah. Till the bubbles stop. <laughs> come on. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not being arrogant right now. I don't make this plea if there's no one in the room that fits. It's because there's somebody in this room that knows you're not born again. Come on, don't hold out. and Don't keep living for you. Don't leave here and say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll work it out. Be bold and be humble. And the best way you can let truth pierce your heart is to act on it and say, you know what? I'm done living for me. I want change. It's time to die so I can live. If you're not born again in this room, jump to your feet or come on up here, please. I know there's a handful. I actually perceive it in my heart. It's actually a handful. It's, it's, it's like nine or ten. So why don't you come, please? Be bold and get born again. Would you come? Just be bold. If you've never, I'm not talking backslidden. I'm talking you've never been saved. Come on, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to wait a long, long time, but I want to wait a little bit here for you to find your courage and get on up here. If your heart's pumping, that's because it's you. Just come up. And if you're sitting there looking around wondering who he's talking about, <laughs> nervous, come on, you've never been saved. I know it in my heart. There's like as many as nine people. I was asking for a number. Are you coming, man? You've never been born again? Man, thank you. Yeah. Make sense today? Things make sense? Good. Who's going to join him? Be bold. Come on. You've never been saved. Would you be willing to get water baptized and stuff? Okay, good. See, I always put that on there, too, to get water baptized. So, uh... Yeah, no, he's going to the bathroom. <laughs> Anybody else? Please. There's a, there's a handful of people. I'm not going to belabor this. Just please be bold and run up here with this brother. What's your name? Nick. I'm proud of you, Nick. Thanks, man. It takes courage. You have to be serious if you're going to get up. You coming? You've never been saved? Oh, yeah. I'm so proud of you. Come here. Oh, my goodness. Bless you. See how happy everybody is? It's like they've known you their whole life or something. They're like, yeah! Feel emotional, don't you? Things made sense. Now listen, it doesn't matter how many years have gone. It matters what's become and what's happening. And I, and I hear this in my heart. It's even, I don't qualify this too much, but even prophetically, that you're stepping into something you didn't even know was possible and that God's going to begin to surround your heart with a peace that you didn't even know was available. And this is the beginning of a very new thing for you. I hear it in my heart. Amazing grace on your life. Okay? Anybody else? I need you up here quickly. Please come. I, 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 there's like a handful more people. Come to the kingdom. Be loved, forgiven, and washed clean. It felt good when you got out of your chair, didn't it? But it took a while. There was a little thing going on. Be, be real with me. There's a thing going on. But when you stood up, it was like, ah. Oh, you led the way, dude. 
Anybody else? Come on. This is my last call. I, I, I got like, I said nine, but I got six. I'm hearing six now, so that would have made eight. I've got six people in my heart. I, I'm hearing the number six. I got six people that are in this room that could run up here that, that, that God is moving on and speaking to. And for some reason, you're fighting that thing. This is my last call. Could you please come? It's... It's, no, what's up? Okay. Um, I've been saved for the Holy Spirit, but I've never understood the baptism. Yeah, yeah. Could I get baptized? Well, that's I'm sure you can get baptized. But I was going to say, this ain't one of the guys I'm looking for. No, no. You're saved, man. I, I know you are. Look at that. The more you look at it, look at it. You can see yes. Jesus in there. <laughs> Jesus is in there. Look at that. Yeah. Well, you've never baptized? I've been baptized, but not with understanding. When you were real little, yeah, so. yeah. You, it depends on your conviction. You can, you can apply faith to the understanding and say, wow. And, and it, yeah, and there was people baptized as babies. They were baptized and sprinkled as infants. Don't any parents get offended if you did that for your kids? That's a child dedication. That's just dedicating to the Lord. So all of a sudden they're 25 or 35 and they want to get baptized and the parents go, well, we had them baptized when they were six months old. And I'm thinking, whoa, back off. What? You must have did that for you and now you're really threatened. And <laughs> you ought to be excited because whatever you did stuck because now they want to surrender and give their whole life to Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. Believe and be baptized and you shall be saved. So there's a believer baptism that comes when you have understanding. When you're six months old, you don't have a clue. You're actually by the heart of your parents being dedicated to a life in the Lord, which is a good thing. But it doesn't take the place of believer baptism scripturally. So that's up to you, man. If you want to bring your stuff, we'll hold you till the bubble stops. Okay, that's good. Just, you can just hang out. Do I have anybody else coming? Because I want to pray with these two. Is there anybody else that needs to come up here right now? Please. Okay. Stretch your hands to these guys. I'm going to get you guys to pray with me, okay? Just say this. Say, Father, I come to you today. Just thankful. Believing you love me. You paid a price for me. Through Jesus Christ. I'm not just coming for blessing. I'm giving my life. Teach me what that means. Forgive me of everything I've done outside of you. Fill me with your spirit today. Make all things new. Watch this. I want you to believe this. Say, thank you for accepting me as your child and as your own. Receive your love. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, man. Bring some clothes. We'll come back tonight if you can. And let's water baptize you. Okay? What time do you want to do the water baptism? About 5.30. Can you show up about 5.30? And we'll do the water baptism. If you were only ever baptized when you were a baby and you understood today, I can teach a little more on it right before we do it tonight so you really get it. But it's real simple. It's a believer baptism, death, burial, and resurrection. You might want to go home and read Romans 6. He says, shall we continue in sin so that grace abounds? Of course not. How shall we who died to sin live in it any longer? Or do you not know? Some of us don't know. Or do you not know? He who has died, uh, how can you continue in sin uh, when you've died to it? Or do you not know you've been buried in baptism into his death? 
And even as God, by the glory of the Father, raised Jesus from the dead, so shall you raise in the newness of life. So bless you. Why don't you stand on your feet? I just want to pray over you guys. And if you need to say anything, then to close. I just want to pray a blessing. We're, I was going to pray for the sick and stuff, but, man, we're just, it's just, i got to let this go. Let's do this. Let's just, if you want to, you don't have to, but if you understand what it means, just as a sign of yielding, you can lift your hands up to God. It feels good to lift your hands to God when you understand you're just saying, Lord, I yield to you. I'm the clay. You're the potter. Have your way in me. That's all you're saying right there. You're not earning favor. You're not pleasing his heart that way. You're just saying, I'm submitted, I'm surrendered, and I'm yours. So, Father, I just pray over this house, and I pray for grace to continue. I pray, God, that every teaching and every investment that's ever been poured out in this house would bring great fruit through the lives of these people. I pray that there be no happenstance. I pray, Lord God, that there be no... Uh, 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 just anybody just, just, just not running well and not running all the way. Like a casualty is what I'm praying. That there be no casualties here, God, in this house. That, that five years from now, we wouldn't find that one in this room, we wouldn't know what's come of them. But Lord God, that everyone in this room would be marked with the grace to run well. I pray that no one would be disheartened and no one would be discouraged or deceived to the point of letting go or giving up. I pray that grace in this house. And I'm asking you, God, that there be no casualties in this room. You said I can have whatever I ask for. And I believe it's your desire that all men be saved and filled with the knowledge of truth, that none would perish. Those six people, God, that I heard in my heart, I pray you have mercy and compassion on them and stir them. And even if they would show up tonight with their clothes, we would rejoice. So, God, we just thank you for grace to live our lives in Christ. Continue to give us understanding and thank you for your compromised love in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. If you enjoyed this message, please visit danmullerarchive.com to find over 2,500 more messages from Dan, all organized by category, playlist, and search. Enjoy.